Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Just like that, the second hour is here for the Monday edition of Hot Mike with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network. If you're watching us, we say thank you. Hit that subscription button to the channel as well on Outkick. Good crowd on, uh, on YouTube today also. Smash the like button. Smash that thumbs up if you're on YouTube right now. A lot now. of interaction with Ja Morant in our discussion. We'll get back into that coming up for sure. You can hit us up on social uh, at Outkick as well. Coming up, Brett McMurphy will join us in 20 minutes, uh, ACC meetings. And uh, the report that he had last week on Oregon and Washington, they've already been vetted and cleared, was the report, quote-unquote, cleared by the Big Ten to join Whenever that time comes, we'll try to get a clearer understanding of how soon the Big Ten would like that to happen. And I'm really curious about this, Chad, through Brett. Did, was this done before or after the new commissioner took over? Good Patati, question. With, with the Big Ten. Because yeah. it, this, this would, I mean, it makes sense. You just have the presence and the meetings going on. We haven't had those big meetings yet with within the conference, other than for them you to know confirm the new hire. Crazy right now, the of all the conference drama and all the big stories to talk about with Brett, SEC may be in last place in terms of drama with well, what's going on, it, with ex, with the exception of Alabama baseball, Alabama baseball, and then Georgia getting a massive number one overall consensus. Yeah, recruit but from the I'm talking about right, the business right. of conference stuff, not just individual no teams. We got plenty to get. We, we don't even need to get into any individual recruiting or any individual program. There's plenty of meat on the bone with Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten. Josh Neighbors was the host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast through the Locked On Network. And I say was because he says he was let go for playing the Bob Huggins audio, which was aired on WLW 700, uh, the Bill Cunningham show last week where Bob Huggins used the homophobic slur not once but twice, uh, mentioned Catholics in there too. Within, what, a day and a half, Chad? West Virginia said, here's the penalties. He's not fired. I mean, I think it was about 24 hours later. About, they released all of it. Uh, a million dollars in reduction by salary, which means he's still making over three per year. Year-to-year contract. And when I saw that, I'm thinking, okay, year-to-year contract, he's... 68, 69 years old. Yeah. So if they want to get out of the deal, maybe it's easier now. But ultimately, if you're not firing him for this. Well, I'm sure he doesn't want to go out like this. So this is, he's probably got like two more years left to coach, right? You talked about the year to year deal. That doesn't affect him at all. I think he just yeah. wants to coach for two, three more years and be done, would be my guess. I, and it, not have it this looked be like the last window thing. dressing um, yeah. on what they announced, honestly. Um, not the case with the locked on network who got rid of Josh Neighbors for airing the Huggins audio unedited, to which he said, hey, you know, I, I aired it as it was for everyone to hear for themselves instead of bleeping out stuff. We did the opposite of that a week ago. And 
look, uh, it's the Locked On Network that's being reported. Locked On Network is under the Tegna uh, company, who sold for $5.4 billion. Uh, they also own and run Intercom and other media outlets. They have multiple sponsors, including investors, one of them being one of the head guys, one of the executives at Disney. So, I mean, in terms of optics, and that's what they told uh, neighbors in this case, hey, you can't do that. It doesn't matter if it came from Huggins. If Huggins said it or if you're re-airing it, it's through your program. But I do find the irony here that the host of a podcast on the Locked On Big 12 show can play the audio of a basketball coach at West Virginia saying this on a radio station in Cincinnati, speaking directly about Xavier, and he's the one that takes the fall for playing the audio that the coach is on the air saying, and now he's a year-to-year employee of the university as the head coach. Meanwhile, Josh Neighbors is... You know, starting another podcast. Well, it's a perfect... It's an example of where we are. It's a perfect example of where we are in, in society Tom and media Brenneman. and everything else right now. They're, yeah, the double standard, which we all know exists. You know, what, what does it Clay always say when he joins us? As long as your talent exceeds your problems, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a job and be fine. And Bob Huggins is a guy that is a coach. He's seen as his talents exceed whatever problems he has, so he's not getting fired. Meanwhile, some you know lowly podcaster gets the axe for playing the homophobic slurs that were said by the coach whose talent exceeded his problems. But apparently this is the Lockdown Network and their parent company saying this podcaster's talent did not exceed his problems. It's not fair. It's not right. It's pretty stupid. Um, I'd also like to ask, how did he get the unedited audio? That's fascinating to me because the only bit of audio was posted by that local meteorologist or, or person on the news station, and it was already edited when I heard that. Co- so I wonder how he got the original audio to play. I don't, I don't believe now, it was edited. Can we argue that he should have checked with someone before playing it? We edited on our end last week. Oh, it wasn't edited? Colin Warner edited the audio Colin went in and edited? Oh, good job. All right. I thought the one I saw online no, no, no. on social media was edited, so no, someone else edited. edited. Not edited. But the, you can go in, in any fan, I say fan, any, anyone, any user of Twitter or any other social media outlet could have retweeted this, posted this. I mean, we found it through social, right? Well, no, look, good, good job by Colin on that. The difference but, is he put it out on a podcast network that has sponsors. And he got fired for it. So he should have asked the question. He should have known yeah, to ask. Yeah, that's their policy. But is that a fireable offense? I don't think so. It should have been d- deleted, taken down, and he gets talked, hey, don't ever do that again. If you're going to post something like that, you better let us know beforehand because that's not allowed instead of getting I, the ax. I still have not heard what happened to the host. You and I have talked about this. The hosts that are now being almost used as the uh, oh they are being used as the excuse as to why Bob Huggins said what he said he was he was led into it and I think it's the same coach who had Tom Brenneman come speak to his team six months after Brenneman was let go by companies yeah that West Virginia columnist who argued in his his hit piece on Dan Dockich that one could argue that the host led him into saying this like they knew this is exactly what he's going to say come on FSU wants to cash in big. And 
their athletic director is doubling down on it. This isn't just a report saying that Clemson and Florida State want more. Florida State AD Michael Offord says he has zero interest in keeping things equal in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Quote, I make no bones about it that we're the top brand in the conference. And when you look at how they measure media contracts with households, viewership, and championships, we're driving that viewership for our conference at a high rate. And this was through the On3 Sports Network. The website is Warchant, I believe. And then he adds, there are a couple of schools that are really driving that media contract. And he's right. And this is where the fight begins. Because at the very top of college sports, the haves and the have-nots, and right now it's the Big Ten and the SEC, and everyone else is fighting for that piece of the pie. But the ACC is caught in this grant of rights deal until the mid-2030s. 2034, I believe, is where their grant of rights deal expires. And right now, each school is getting around roughly, what, $35 million, $36 million per season as a part of this grant of rights deal, which, which is fine, but it's not up there with what the SEC is getting now from ESPN, ABC, and Disney. And it is nowhere close to the $100 million per year that the Big Ten's handing out to each of their member schools because of the, the, the TV deal that Kevin Warren negotiated. Point being, the big brands, the ACC's got to figure out a way here in these meetings that are going on. How do we make things right but make everyone a part of our plan? Because both sides here... I, how, how often, Chad, have we heard the argument of, oh, Vanderbilt, you don't care about uh, athletics? Get out Get of out. here. Go Get to out. the Ivy League. But they are, they're a part of the SEC. Just like any of the other member institutions that we wouldn't immediately point to as the big brands of college athletics in the ACC would be saying the same thing. You know, Wake Forest and Florida State, they're getting the same check per year from ESPN with their grant of rights deal. 2036, by the way, is when that grant of rights deal is, is finally up. So even two years past where, where you said, which is a long way away. So, yeah, um, There are five schools in the ACC that have true value. This is what's believed with the rest of college football that they have the value to leave. The ones you mentioned, Florida State, Clemson, also Virginia, North Carolina, Miami. So this is going to be, we're going to get into it with Brett McMurphy coming up. Mm-hmm. But a very delicate balance of every other member institution in the ACC is going to want to keep things equal and not go away from that. But there's going to come a time where they get a legitimate offer to leave for the Big Ten or the SEC, and they have to decide if we want to keep this thing together and remain a conference that can compete and give these schools what they want, which is more money and we make less at the bottom end of it, or you let them leave and it disbands. And then suddenly you're not a Power 5 conference anymore. That decision may be coming sooner rather than later for the ACC. And Jim Phillips stayed on as commissioner for another three years. And he's highly thought of. Absolutely. And he's been in the seat where both both programs, and I'm using Wake Forest as an example, but to me they're, they're a good equivalent here. He's been in the seat of athletic director to where he knows the back and forth and the give and take, and everyone rises and you fall together, right? But yep. in this case, Florida State's saying, hey, uh, Alford's saying there's a $30 million gap next year between us 
in the SEC per season, per per institution, per program. And it it's also sounds crazy because, well, you're not in the SEC. You're in the ACC, and we're not as valuable. So you're going to have to deal with that. But isn't it also – it sounds – counterintuitive say yeah you're right fsu the rest of us at the bottom we can't compete so we'll gladly take these scraps and we'll give you a higher percentage so you can go compete with the sec that doesn't make any sense for the acc other than survival right if it means that or florida state miami north carolina virginia they all bolt clemson bolts for another conference then they've got to make that decision and the rest of the conference will just be peons. They're with, the lower class. And with the type and, of and money. And their own conference would be admitting it at that point. Right. Which is a and, tough spot to be in. And a, a tough, if it's about fairness and equity and you know fair play and competition and everything not else, happen. you're going to tell me that you are stating that these five schools are more important. I remember years ago, there was an officiating gaffe in a game, a huge one. And as punishment, the NFL sent that crew away from a big nationally televised game to Nashville for the Titans-Dolphins game. And we crushed it saying, this is the league stating, you aren't important. That was the punishment Your punishment is to go to a Titans-Dolphins game instead of this other one. And we talked about the dangerous precedent that sets. Now imagine the ACC coming out and saying, guys, we can't afford to lose these programs. You're going to have to take less and give them more for them to stay. Or we are disbanded. We are no longer a conference if they leave. That's a tough spot. There is a new NIL bill in Missouri that's going to pass. And uh, it, it is going to have a ripple effect with other states. Buckle up with this. Because the bill says a few things for the state of Missouri. Coaches and school officials are allowed to attend meetings between the student athlete and then third parties where NIL compensation is being discussed. So school officials and coaches are allowed to attend those meetings. Conferences and the NCAA shall not punish a school as a result of an athlete receiving NIL money, investigate a school for its engagement in NIL activity, penalize a school when a, quote, institutional marketing associate, end quote, pays an athlete for his or her NIL. And the law says, quote, shall not be construed to qualify a student athlete as an employee of a post-secondary institution. That's how it reads for the collegiate level. And then there's the high school level, where Missouri's new NIL law, HB 417, allows high school recruits in the state of Missouri, in-state recruits, to enter into name image likeness deals and profit from endorsement money, but only after they sign with their in-state college or university. So if you're staying in state and you can receive NIL in high school, have at it, according to this new law in the state of Missouri. They cannot profit from endorsement money in high school if they're signing out of state to play athletics. And previously, high school athletes were not allowed, period, to engage in NIL in any way, or you lost eligibility. Now they're saying, oh, you can do this if you're staying in state, which means, name a college, we can use Missouri as the example. If you want an in-state recruit and you want to get them paid now and they're a junior, go ahead and sign up. Let's go. 
Missouri should never lose another top-notch <laughs> in-state recruit ever again if this goes through. If they are doing what they should be doing based off this law, you're going in, and granted, you're going to swing and miss sometimes on guys who don't develop the way you think, but go into the freshman class or sophomore class and look at any four- or five-star player from your state and go ahead and get them an NIL deal if they commit to your school. Um, now, what other states follow this lead? And Missouri's an interesting case because they are the biggest game in town in the state of Missouri. So this is very clearly Missouri Tiger fans that are in the state legislature that are putting this through to benefit Missouri. Other states where this could happen, where there's one big program in the state, where everyone could get together and say, let's draw out some legislation that will help our program. Arkansas comes to mind. Nebraska comes to mind. LSU and Louisiana comes to mind. There is clear biggest game in town implications for those states. If they had similar legislation, imagine what LSU could do in the state of Louisiana. Think about Georgia. With NIL. Georgia, yes, and, and Georgia is the biggest game, but I'm thinking of those those states where there is one lone there are gonna be Georgia Tech, you know, fans and, and there's other big schools in the state of Georgia, but in the state of Arkansas, everyone's a Razorbacks fan. In the state of Nebraska, everyone's a Nebraska fan. In the state of Missouri, I don't know that everyone's a Missouri fan, but that is the biggest game in town in terms of college football, especially in that state. Massive. Huge implications. And it's written in law that the NCAA can't punish or do anything about it. Which if, is if crazy the schools are to involved me. with NIL and, and they're in this meeting and help facilitate Which, to it. me, the NCAA, they don't have the power they once had. But couldn't the NCAA just come back and say, there's no law that says you have to be in our organization. If you have a state law that trumps our rules, we will just kick you out. You're no longer an NCAA school. If you're not going to play by the same rules everyone else does because your state says you can't play by those rules, then GTFO. Well, you're I mean, out of the NCAA. You, you've got a situation where a new president was was brought in because of his ties into the political realm, right? Yeah. And this is one of those. This is the focus now. Well, again, I'm not saying the NCAA should do that, but that's just odd to me that a state law would also say <laughs> we're so upset with Georgia that we're going to punish you, Missouri. Get out. Not only is this our law with NIL and NCAA schools in the state, but the NCAA, which is not based in Missouri, cannot <laughs> do anything to any of you. Which the NCAA, it's not a, a, a legal American citizen right to be a member of the NCAA. They could just say. Bye, you've broken your charter. We can't even punish you if you break the rules, so you're no longer in the NCAA. They could do that. They shouldn't because we're going to wait to see where all this legislation goes and see where the dust settles and, and come then, up with some new rules. And but the key is they could. They're not going to penalize the school. They, they're saying they can't legally with when an institutional marketing associate pays an athlete for his or her NIL. Um, we could dive further into this for sure. I mean, there's... Plenty of things to unpack. You, bear, you better believe Texas and Texas A&M are unpacking it across that state and legislation. Coming up, Brett McMurphy joins us from the Action Network College Football Insider, the Oregon Ducks, the Washington Huskies, and the Big Ten. Vetted and cleared. What does that mean for the timetable of the Pac-12? That's next on Hot Mike. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Always great to have Brett McMurphy join the show, Action Network. He's the college football insider. You can follow him on social at Brett underscore McMurphy. He's coming to us. I believe it's Amelia Island is where the ACC uh, spring meetings take place. And he joins us with a great backdrop. If it's not at Amelia Island, <laughs> it's at a beautiful location. Brett, great to have you on, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, this is actually my house here. Uh, but, uh, yeah. No, yeah, in Amelia Island again for the ACC spring meetings, one of the one of the top spots on the spring meeting tour circuit. So in, enjoying it here as always. Brett Murphy with us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. The ACC, Chad and I were just discussing, it's all about right now discussing the money and how to divide it, maybe not equally. How is that discussion going based on people you're talking with, boots on the ground there? Well, literally, the, the meeting started about an hour and 20 minutes ago. And as far as the schedule for the meeting, one athletic director amazingly said to me, we're only setting aside 45 minutes to talk about revenue. So that's obviously a big issue. Um, look, guys, they're gonna, they can talk about it. They can make changes. They can have unequal revenue sharing. But, you know, I kind of mentioned this to a couple of folks here, and they agreed. It's putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's, it may help for a little bit, but it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, you know, if you give the, the brands and the ACC that are worth more money, you know, two, three, four, five million more, whatever that number is, hey, that's great. They'll take it. The bottom line is if they have a conference that comes along that's willing to double what they're making now, they're still going to leave. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, the ACC knows the position they're in. They're, they're tied together, locked together till 2036, unless somebody can find a way to climb over that wall and get out of the granite rights. Um, some people think that may happen in the next couple of years or so. We'll have to see. All I know is that, you know, a lot of athletic directors and, and conference people have been a lot more vocal on this than they have in the past. And I think that's happened because you look at the huge deals that the Big Ten got and that the SEC has gotten and the distance between forget about the power five. It's the power two and everybody else right now. Everybody just doesn't want to get left behind by the power two. And they're doing whatever they can to get close to those numbers of the SEC and the in the uh, Big Ten. If you can't beat them, join them. And that's certainly what some ACC schools would hope for. Yeah, and you talked about that you know, shotgun wound for the ACC and it being the fact that the moment one of the two big boys comes calling, they're going to lose some of their better member institutions at that point. Um, we're going to get into reporting on the Pac-12 schools, the two of those that could be on the move at some point. But do you get any indication, Brett, that the Big Ten or the SEC is in any type of hurry to try to find a way to break that grant of rights to get one of those ACC programs into their conference sooner rather than later? 
No, they're, and I want to make this clear, and this kind of a misperception of people, the SEC or the Big Ten are not, they are not recruiting teams to come to their league. How it happens is actually the reverse. The teams go to those leagues and say, we want to apply for membership for your league. And then if those conferences have an interest in those schools, then they would offer them an invitation. So it's not the other way around. So I want to make it clear. People may think the Big Ten and SEC are courting these other schools. Not true. But certainly schools that want to get out, they will approach these conferences to see if there's any interest in getting into their league, because you're certainly not going to, you know, you guys aren't going to leave a job. Hopefully you're not, you're not going to leave OutKick unless you've got another job lined up. And so that's kind of how it is with these schools. They're not going to leave a conference unless they are already have another home that's guaranteed. Um, and that's kind of similar to what, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned uh, last week in an interview uh, regarding the big 10 in Oregon and Washington, Oregon and Washington has been vetted and approved to join the Big Ten if the Big Ten wants to add them. That's a big if. But if they want to, they've cleared all of the necessary requirements, financial, academic, all the minutia that goes into that to be added to the Big Ten. The Big Ten, make no mistakes, not going to add another school unless it's going to increase the value for all of their current members. So as far as the ACC schools, certainly if some of those schools, one or two of these schools, would challenge the grant of rights and could get out of the grant of rights, which obviously lawyers are going to make a ton of money, surprise, surprise, then they would certainly be very attractive to the Big Ten or the SEC. So looking at it that way, with schools courting the two big conferences and not the other way around, how into the Big Ten is Washington and Oregon right now? Are they fully committed to it's not going to work to any great level in the Pac-12 and they want to leave, or is – this more of sort of a wait and see right now, Brett, with what's going on with whatever happens with the Pac-12 media deal. Well, the Big Ten obviously knows the interest of Washington and Oregon. And at the end of the day, would I think Washington and Oregon would prefer to stay in the Pac-12? Yeah, I think so. But here's a big but. You're going to be making at least half as much less than if you go to the Big Ten. And also the current Pac-12 you're in now is not the Pac-12 you signed up for. There's no USC. There's no UCLA. You know, they may add San Diego State. They may may add SMU. Whoever they add, that's not the Pac-12 that Oregon and Washington signed up for. So are you going to stay there and make, you know, anywhere from, I don't know, let's say 25 to $40 million. We don't know what their deal is going to be. I don't have any idea what the number is going to be. Anybody that says they do is lying because the Pac-12 schools don't know. But the Big 12 got about $32 million, so it's going to be, you would assume, around that number. It's not going to be anywhere near the money that the Big 10 gets. So if Oregon and Washington have an invitation to go to the Big 10, it's not when, it's, if, it's not if they accept it, it's when they accept it. It's, there's no decision to be made. If Washington and Oregon get the invitation, they're gone. Um, they're going to double, maybe triple the amount of money. They are you know, extend, you know, two other stops or, or outposts, if you will, on the West Coast joining USC and UCLA. Um, so it's not like they're, they have a decision to make. They're, you're, you know, you've asked the girl out to the prom and you're waiting and waiting and waiting for her to say yes. That's the situation Oregon and 
Washington are in right now. Brett McMurphy with us. Action Sports Network is where you can find him with the college football reporting nationally. Uh, Brett, so a couple of follow-ups on that because Chad and I have discussed, do you know, and I'm sure you do, and maybe it doesn't matter for the conference for the Big Ten, but did the vetting and the clearance of both Oregon and Washington take place with Kevin Warren? Did it take place during the purgatory search? Or did it take place with Tony uh, Patetti coming in and taking Patiti, over the Big yeah. Ten? Uh, it happened. So in, in, I had reported previously that Oregon officials, uh, their general counsel, well, their lawyers, met with their counterparts with the Big Ten back in August. And Washington also had a separate meeting with the Big Ten. One meeting in Chicago, one meeting in New York. That happened in August. The vetting and approval occurred sometime after that. I don't have a specific date or timeline, but it was when Kevin Warren was the commissioner. So, you know, does that mean things have changed? No, they were they were approved, if you will, to make that move again, if it financially makes sense for all the other members. So they are at that point. Um, does that mean they're going to add them? No, there's no guarantee they're going to. But it means they've cleared whatever financial, academic, and other hurdles to be to this point that if the Big Ten decides that they want to go beyond 16 and it makes financial sense, these two guys have met all the criteria, then we would, we would take them in. Yeah, and USC, UCLA, of course, they're headed to the Big Ten. Other hurdles, could those include, well, we want Oregon but not Oregon State, and they've got to figure out like the state institution policy there or is there more to it than that we were having a discussion last friday if you're bringing in usc ucla why not bring in oregon and washington well at that time they fox you know the 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 discussions with fox were for a 16 team conference and the worth of the the value of the conference adding usc and ucla was worth x amount and that got them to their current deal so at that time, Kevin Warren was, you know, obviously Notre Dame's the golden goose. Any conference will right. take them immediately. Doesn't matter what conference it is. They'll do it, you know, yesterday. Um, so with Oregon and Washington, it was let's get USC and UCLA in here and figure things out. And then in the process, it's what it, you know, the thinking was, okay, if we want to go beyond these 16, where are we looking? Again, the ACC schools, contractually are locked up till 2036. That's not the case with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 media rights deal ends in 2023 after this season. Those schools can get out. There's no penalty. The deal's up in 2023. That's why they look to the Pac-12, for the remaining schools in the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington, you know, checked off all the boxes required if they want, if the Big Ten decided to add them. And as far as Oregon State going with Oregon or Washington State going with Washington, uh, you know, I'm sure politicians would try to stop that. I'm an Oklahoma State grad. Oklahoma State, you know, people probably wondered why Oklahoma State didn't go to the SEC with Oklahoma. Well, it's very simple. The SEC wanted Oklahoma and Texas. They didn't want Oklahoma State. The Big Ten wants Oregon or Washington. Financially, if it makes sense, they don't want Oregon State and Washington State. So it will not be a package deal. When you look around right now with all the issues facing college sports, the latest story with Alabama and the baseball betting scandal that's now gone into Iowa also, where does that rank with conferences and with the NCAA and school presidents on the list of 
we have to figure this out and get a handle on it. Is it on down the list, Brett, or is it close to the top of the list? I certainly don't think anyone's ignoring it, but I think they've got a lot of other pressing issues, um, you know, figuring out NIL and media rights deals, um, the pending lawsuits, you know, players getting compensated, uh, you know, are they going to revenue share with the play? All these different myriad of things. I mean, it is serious, but again, keep in mind, if there wasn't legalized gambling, these incidents may have never been reported. They may have never been uncovered, but because there is legalized gambling, they're able to track this stuff, to identify this stuff, and then notify the schools and or the conferences, hey, there's some weird stuff going on with this random baseball game that everybody and their and their dog is, is laying the lumber with one specific team. You, need, you should check into that. And so, um, you know, it's obviously anytime, especially coaches and or players, um, you know, are involved in this, you know, it's kind of a new thing since it legalized gambling uh, in other sports other than Nevada has just happened. Um, certainly it is, you know, it is a priority, but it's, it's a little bit further down the line than, you know, the immediacy of the NIL and other stuff uh, you've seen in the headlines recently. Well, speaking of NIL, we just had the discussion about what the state of Missouri is doing with their new NIL legislation. And part of it is that it would make it, where the NCAA could not do anything to a state of Missouri school in regards to NIL. And I, I read that, Brett, and I kind of laugh like you are, and I'm thinking, well, couldn't the NCAA just said, well, you're no longer in the NCAA because we can't rule on you, you can't be judged, you can't play under the same rules as every other state if you're putting it in your state legislation that we can't rule on certain things? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's so I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it's I don't I don't I don't know what the solution is and good luck to the, whoever figures it out because you've got all of these different conferences doing different things. You've got you have different schools doing different things. Like you mentioned Missouri, you have different states, you know, trying to put in additional laws. Um, you know, yeah, the NCA could do that. And then, you know, Missouri, not specifically Missouri, but conferences could say, "Okay, well, you know what? If you're going to put in these rules, we just won't be in the NCAA, any, NCAA anymore. You know, and the SEC and the Big Ten, if they want to, they have that power. They have that ability to break off from the NCAA, create their own rules, create what you can and can't do, and operate independently of the NCAA. And don't think for a second that they couldn't. And by the way, they could still add other schools if they wanted to get as big as they wanted going forward. So, yeah, I've. I, I've heard about the Missouri stuff. I know other states have done other things. It's just, you know, I like to joke. It's like the wild, wild west, except I don't want to insult the wild, wild west. <laughs> but it's like you've, you've built a the NIL is you've built a highway and said, basically, you can drive as fast as you want on this highway. And then one day there's a speed limit sign that says 25 miles per hour. And oh, by the way, there's nobody to make sure that you don't exceed 25 miles per hour. That's kind of the NIL situation right now. I don't see the solution to it. I don't think it's going to be any time, any, any, any time, any very soon. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's fascinating to keep track of it every day, but it's makes my, uh, my head spin to be honest. Brett, uh, the last two years, July 4th weekend, there has been major conference realignment news. As we sit here in the middle of May, do you believe we will have major conference realignment news for a third consecutive year on July 4th weekend? 
I don't think so. Um, you know, we'll have to say, I mean, that, that came out of nowhere. I mean, I've got my Pebble Beach shirt here. I was <laughs> enjoying Pebble Beach for the first time in my life. Last year on uh, July 1st, I think it was, when the news broke about USC and UCLA, which ruined uh, my round on the lovely <laughs> pay, pay par three course, but I fortunately I got to play it again. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, it could have happened, absolutely, but I'm not going to predict and say, yeah, for a third consecutive year, something's going to happen. Um, I do think, you know, that some, some schools and conferences have some hard decisions to make in the next year or two. Um, will those happen over the July 4th weekend? I would doubt it. But anything is, as I've learned, anything is possible in college athletics. But I think, do think in the next couple of years, we'll see some, some really hard decisions made and maybe some movement within schools or conferences uh, within the next two years. Hey, man, we always cite your reporting. I know you, uh, you're our. You're, you're the one. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, we're always doing that. We, we uh, love having you on when we have the chance to chat. We appreciate you taking some time out of the day, especially with the backdrop there. Uh, and enjoy the, the tour of all the spring meetings. You got it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks, man. Brett. Brett McMurphy. Actually, looks computer generated behind him. It looks yeah, so it looks nice. So perfect, yeah. Uh, there at his home. Yes. <laughs> Amelia Island. Uh, ACC meetings going on there for his coverage. Coming up, Chad, um, so there's a big time, speaking of NIL, Hunter Dickinson taking the money, going to Kansas, and saying it took courage to do that, taking more money to 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 leave Michigan. It took courage. We we discussed. We're when going we to enter the mind of Hunter Dickinson when we come back and try to figure out what's going on in that 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 web of his. Yeah. That his mind is is weaving with these words. That is next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location daily for the Outkick Studios. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network with Ehan Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button as well. You can join us in the chat. Chad's been complimenting the activity today. Back and forth. We just saw have someone uh, respond and say they're watching from the Philippines. So I said, hello, Manila. It's <laughs> my response. Um, my, my father spent some time in the Philippines. Hello, Lawrence. In the Navy. Oh, oh that's, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Ventful time. Um, hello, Lawrence, Kansas, for Hunter Dickinson. Goes so, from Michigan, where he's a star. He's the captain. He's the guy. And ends up accepting the NIL pitch at Kansas as a, a graduate where he can play well, immediately. Well, he says, uh, it's a long quote, but essentially that took some courage yeah, so right. it, it took courage to leave Michigan to take the money. Here's Hunter Dickinson. 
at some capacity, you have to be selfish about your future. And that's what Hunter is. I mean, you can rat on him all you want. You can hate him for what he did. He's being selfish for his future. And who the hell is not in their own job or profession? Everyone. Who the hell is not? Thank you. College athletes are the only people that get caught up in being deemed selfish. When coaches are doing it left and right, there's no reason why players should not be allowed to do it when Hunter did. I think he's opening the gate for a lot of possibilities and hopefully continued to allow further protections for athletes in the future. Bro, Jordan, people the, the people hating on me would leave their job right now for a $10,000 increase. Yeah, 10000 That's just 10000 at Michigan, I got less than six hundred thousand, or less than six figures. So I about it. Less than six figures. I was gonna say six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> less than six figures at Michigan for my for the year. But exactly, no. Like college athletes have like they're they're like wrapped in this like aura that they're they're not allowed to be selfish about their future. One literally, their profession is that that's their future. And that is the round ball podcast on uh, Barstool Sports. There that he was joining, Chad. But, you know, he goes on to say that he is being selfish, but it took courage to take the money because of what he's leaving. He He's leaving what could be, you know, his full legacy in college. And, and I'm paraphrasing. And he's going to Kansas because he can make money off of NIL, which is all fair. That's all on the up and up. But I don't think it takes courage to take the money. Well, the guy acts like uh, maybe it was the kid. He sounded like a child that was doing the interviewing in that. Uh, looked like a very young guy. But um, he, he made him sound like he's the Jackie Robinson of the transfer portal. Boy, Hunter's really opened the door for a lot of other athletes. I'm thinking, have you been watching college sports recently? Athletes leave programs they've been synonymous with playing with every single year for other opportunities, whether it be financial opportunities opportunities to win more games, whatever it may be. This is not courage. If you want to say that I'm stepping out of a legacy at Michigan to go try to win a national championship at Kansas because we can't do that at Michigan under Jawan Howard and the way I'm being utilized at Michigan isn't right. If you want to say all those things, okay. If it's about winning, then yeah, maybe it is courageous to say I've got a lifetime of being a Michigan man Behind me, I could easily finish my career out there, try to go pro, and be known as a Michigan guy, but it took courage for me to go and try to win at a higher level in a different program. But it's not courageous to take more money and to sit there and bitch about not making six figures in college. I mean, come on. Like, I, I, we, we get a little out of control with just allowing any college athlete to say anything they want without putting them in check because – We've reached this system where they're always right and the adults are always wrong and the coach is always wrong and the college athlete's always right, and I just don't buy that. That's a dumb argument. So you took more money and left Michigan behind. Oh, by the way, you made almost six figures to not go to the NCAA tournament in your final year at Michigan. Yeah. So well done, uh, Michigan Wolverines and Juwan Howard on that one. Couldn't even make the tournament. So you probably were overpaid, quite frankly, to be at Michigan. Now you're taking more money to go to a better program in Kansas, and that's somehow supposed to be applauded as courageous or like you're some trailblazer. Kids do this every year, and, that, and that's their right. They can do yeah. it, but don't act like it's courage. He that's said, I, don't, the I don't think people realize how much courage it took for a guy who was there for three years, an All-American for the team. I did have a legacy there, and I basically gave that up to try to be selfish and do what's best for me in my career, not what's best for anybody else's career. 
Uh, that's what he said on the Round Ball podcast. Here's the other thing, too. He didn't go to the draft. That's the other thing. He's going to Kansas. Yeah, it's not courage is the wrong word. He has every right to do whatever he wants. And and this the guy doing an interview talking about, uh, you know, it's yeah. just seeing the college kid. The college guys are doing this nonstop now. They have learned that the system is there for them as well, not just the coach and the school and the fans. They can manipulate the system and, and utilize it to their advantages. And that's what they've been doing year after year. This is nothing new what well, we're seeing from Hunter Dickinson. And it sounds like, and he does say, he's like, I wanted to stay, but it, it sounds like, hey, he's like, make me an offer. Put an offer out there that Kansas or Kentucky was going to be putting out there. That's to, the other story, too, to discuss at some To point. me, there is courage in staying and sticking with something. And too often, we overlook that level of courage, too. Well, that's not – if he just goes to the draft, no one's talking about no. leaving for no. money, right? But now we're, this is just a new element to where it's like, oh, I'm going to enter the portal. And, you know, he's got the he's, – he's able to play immediately based on his status. He jumps right in, and he's able to go to Kansas. But it's clear that Kansas offered him the most. And but Chad's right. More I mean, than Kentucky, apparently. More than Kentucky, right? More than anyone. It sounds like just based on just pure offer. And hey, this is the one that he's got every right to do it. It's within the rules. That's right. Like, he can go for one year and go try to win a title at Kansas and make a bunch of money. Go have at it. Don't go on a podcast and say it took courage to do it. It's not. That's not courage. John Morant back in the headlines for yet another wrong reason, flashing a gun on Instagram Live over the weekend. We discuss the repercussions that will come from this, what's already an indefinite suspension from team activities for the Memphis Grizzlies who are well into the offseason now. We'll start there with the other headlines from the weekend as well on Hot Mike. 